everyone, it's Charlie Webster here. Thanks so much for joining us for My Sporting Mind as I speak to sports stars about their mindset and mental health. Welcome along. Season two is proudly supported by SportingLife.com, the home for expert insight, passionate opinion, and in-depth analysis for the sports you love, all for free. Today, I'm super, super excited to welcome Chelsea's technical and performance advisor and one of the Premier League's greatest ever goalkeepers, Petter Cech, to the podcast. Welcome along, Petter. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. <laughs> I have to give a round of applause as well because I've done it to everybody. So it feels weird if I don't do it. So how how have you found this whole weird, whole year? Let's start there. I think it's been a, it's been a challenging year on on many fronts because um, obviously it's a first uh, ever experience of the pandemic I have uh, ever since um, I've, uh, I was born. So you know you you get to you get to face a completely different uh, situations uh, in life you sometimes you you feel that you are out of control and you are really dependable on on the circumstances and and as well uh, you know you try to fit within the guidelines you try to uh, fit to within the um, the rules you try to make sure that uh, what you do is uh, is right mm-hmm. that you play your part in it and then you you hope that it's going to speed up all uh, all uh, situation and and the recovery and then then suddenly you know you have you have uh, uh, situations out of control which put you in a setback and then you then you suddenly realize how lucky for example I realize how lucky I've I've been that for most of the time I had a privilege to go to work and and although mm. everything is different football is not the same empty stadiums different rules different regimes different uh, regimes at the workplace less people and again limits uh, rules and all all sort of stuff you know i'm still privileged that i can go to work with many people who've been sitting for a year they've been uh, sitting at home so all these things are coming along. And of course, you have family, you have kids, you know, the school is on, then it's off. And then all sort of uh, challenges you have, uh, not only on the, obviously, on, on, on keeping up with the guidelines and rules, but, uh, but as well, the social life is completely yeah. different. I haven't seen my parents since year and a half. And obviously, you know, the traveling bans, then you don't want to risk, you don't want to put anybody at risk. So you don't travel, then you have your life and your commitment. So there's so many things we uh, as uh, we had to face, and uh, pretty much everybody had their own challenges. And and it's and I think uh, dealing with the situation like this is very individual, and and yeah. actually getting the right help, right advice, or or knowing what you can do to help yourself and stay fit, and and sort of. Uh, um, not to feel too much frustration, not to feel uh, the loneliness, not to feel the the disconnection from everybody. I think that that's individual. You know, everybody comes with a different way, and and um, and I think that's 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 been challenging for everyone. I have to say, you know, mm-hmm. having seen my own kids going back to school, they completely blossom because <laughs> they are happy that they can yeah. see the you know they can see the friends and. And and as well, you know, they I have to say, you know, they didn't mind uh, the online schooling. They found they found initially their way of doing it, but at the same time, it's much easier when you see everyone when you are there, and and then you, you have your rhythm uh, sort of the life uh, back, and especially with the you know with the after school activities where you can play, you know, football, tennis, basketball, and all the other stuff which they they had enjoyed. So I think. This is something probably, um, you know, people miss the most, I guess. You know, if you have someone who had the social life or or was part of the club and suddenly you can't do that, you know, you miss this joy of running and participating on the team sport or with anybody else. And, you know, it's not not easy. So I think, um, you know, there have been plenty of challenges and, and it's been a year. So we're literally talking from a, a year to date since yeah. the first lockdown happened. So I have to say, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's been an interesting year in many ways. There was not everything was negative. I have to say, there's many things which which uh, happened during the year, and they were quite positive because you suddenly realize how uh, how well you can adapt to different uh, situations. You. Sometimes you discover advantages of how things can be done more with more efficiency. 
So this not everything is bad, but I have to mm. say it's of course it's been challenging year for everyone. For you then, what's been a positive? You said realizing how much you can adapt. I think the, you know in the, at the at work or you find different ways of connecting with people, and um, and as well you know you you dis- discover ways of being effective while not. Uh, having to make too many meetings and not too many tra- traveling uh, to places for a ten minutes meeting, and you know you, that is a, you, you kind of forced not to get not to be in the comfort zone and, and the rhythm of the normal life you get used to, but you have to find your ways of doing things from home yeah, in order to get uh, to get your sort of a structure of the day uh, better that everything fits in without compromising anything. And and as well, you know, you, we spend as a family uh, the time together we had never done before. <laughs> so obviously, that's something as well. You know, you you have things, you have time for different things. But um, I have to say, uh, then then you really see how how well or how strong your like a uh, family relationships are because then you know you really realize that you miss not seeing other people and 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 how happy you are living with the people you are in in the house so that's <laughs> i think for me this is this is really this is this is really nice it's some it or it was it was really nice to see that uh you know we we as a family we had a strong uh, bond because we were only ourselves with no people from outside because we could have to be isolating or to be at home yeah. so that's uh that's for me the, the the positive side and as well you know you you figure out that if if you don't go for a run, if you don't go to the gym, if you don't do something for yourself, you will feel actually worse. So for me, you know, I'm probably fitter than I was a year ago because of the <laughs> lockdown, because the amount of time I spend in the gym and 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 running around and and looking after myself, uh, actually, I have to say, it's probably another positive for me. Mm. It's funny because everybody I spoke to in football always says about the family side of things because you're so used to traveling all the time and obviously you don't have your weekends either. But then it's interesting about the exercise thing because I think I feel the same. I have to, like now I have to because it's like a real coping mechanism for me, especially when I'm at home. So in terms of exercise, what because there's a lot of people I know listening to this that are using exercise as a coping mechanism. What for you does it do? And have you got kind of any advice in terms of that? Because it's interesting that you still train to a decent level then, even though you're not compete, you're not, you know, on the pitch. Well, I think, you know, thanks to the pandemic, I actually became again a player. So, you know, with the, with the limits of, uh, of return to training, at the beginning of the pandemic, the numbers of players or, or people who could be at the training were very limited, and and then suddenly we had two injuries and then with the with the goalkeepers. And it's not like before when you call a young player over, and it was not that because you had a very strict bubbles. And suddenly we realized you have one one goalkeeper short, so I had to start training. And actually, I started coming on the on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So if there was not a pandemic, I don't think I would I would have ever ended up again on the pitch, catching the ball, diving around. So this this actually forced me to start training even more because, um, you know, I had to, I had to uh, get to the level where I could, I could be, uh, I could be training with the, with the, with the first team again, and to be a, a proper part of the training session, not just a, a clown standing there trying to pretend that he ever played uh, football. So, and, and, when there was the hard lockdown at the beginning, I was running a lot and I spent time in the gym and, you know, it's sort of everything sort of clicked together. And then, you know, when you do everything on your own for some period of time, I think it's fine. You know, you enjoy it because it's sort of new rhythm, relief and release of the pressure and everything. But because it's been a long time, sometimes it feels like, oh, running again. Oh, going in the gym again. Mm-hmm. So then you start facing this routine problem because it all sort of falls into one routine. And, and generally people are not happy with routines. You know, it becomes, it feels like it's boring and it's always repeating and it's always the same. The day becomes the same. So actually coming back to, to train on, on the football pitch with the team, actually, you know, it changed, changed again, you know, the, the feeling because it's more fun, you know, when you do it with different people. So I had that advantage in I had an advantage in that, but I have to say that um, that I felt and I always felt that feeling fitter 
you always feel happier and you always feel uh, like uh, stress-free because you have this release and, and you know that, that the running or exercising or playing with, uh, with people around it, it, it gives me joy. And then and ever since I was a kid, I, this is something I really like. And as well, when you are fitter, you, you are mentally fitter as well because you know all this thing comes together. Hmm. So I knew that if I run and if I exercise and if I keep my routine and if I if I just don't sit and watch TV or read news or then when I was allowed to do all the meetings on the Zoom and computer and you go screen 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 you know it's you need some time to do something which goes out of it clear your mind and uh, and then you go again and I think these exercising you know sort of kicked in and and I really started enjoying it but. Uh, but I have to say, I understand that some people find uh, even the routine of exercising harder. For me, I I think that you need to keep the structure of the of the day because it would be very easy to just sit and and just do nothing for a year, and then you are not happier. You probably put on weight, then you feel worse, then you don't like your picture in the in the mirror. And let's be honest, you know, once you start walking by the mirror, looking at the way because you don't like what you see, it's not going to make you any happier either. So I think all these little things come together. And, and you know, and I think uh, I think the sport and the exercising in generally just uh, helps yeah. on, the, on the general health and even mental health because you have this relief, the happiness. You're happy, you know, when you go for a run, you come back, you might be tired, but you feel happy that you've done something for yourself and it was a nice time in somewhere in the woods with the with the nice background so you know i enjoyed that, that part uh, of um, of going back to exercising on a regular basis while working and doing all the other all the other stuff and and um, obviously what what helps as well if you have some some sort of hobbies or or interest which uh, you know you can go you can do from home obviously now i think that's the advantage of the lockdown that you had probably more time to to do that which you know if you have some interest and things like that you can you can use it to to your benefits but um you know if you don't i under you know if you don't exercise if you don't have an interest in anything you can go from home you can do from home then it must be a completely um a difficult situation to to cope with uh, when when you have every day 20 hours to to think about uh, doing nothing and and, yeah. and and i'm glad that Obviously, the things became back, uh, uh, at least are getting back to normal slowly but surely. But uh, step by step, we can see that, uh, you know, the rules are changing and the guidelines are not as strict and will not be as strict. And I think people will re recover a part, little part of the life. And, uh, and I think it will make everybody feel a little bit better. Mm. I think one of the things you said in there as well was about routine. I think it's one of the key things in terms of trying to keep a healthy mental health at the moment. Um, in terms of yourself, you said about, um, you know, you've been back on the pitch a bit and keeping yourself fit, but then you've also got this technical role. And I've heard you say many times in interviews that you're not somebody that liked which I don't think any active person would or professional athlete being on the sidelines. So how have you dealt with the, that adaptation of yourself, of being somebody that's, you know, right in the thick of things, controlling things? You know, you mentioned control in, in one of your earlier answers and how important that is to feel in control. But then now you've kind of got this other outside role. I think in that, in that aspect, it's the self-discipline. Actually, it is very important because... There are days where you just think, well, you know, I don't have to run. I, I don't play at the weekend, so <laughs> I have a day off. But then you have one day off, then you have second day off, then, then you might have a third day off, and then you become, you know, then you sort of lose the rhythm and you might become lazier and a bit more comfortable. And, and I think that's the danger, how quickly, you know, your fitness can change, your, your, your feeling might change. And then, um, you know, you become initially not really that happy because I'm I'm used to being fit. So feeling unfit is actually something I don't enjoy because I always, you know, train and I always feel fit and 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 have that feeling, you know, that gave me they gave me a feeling of uh, like happiness and 
and the feeling of confidence as well that you know when you when you feel good about you know your physical state then you know you feel happier and you feel comfortable and, and confident so you know suddenly when you when you sit in the uh, in the office and and you need to find a completely different rhythm of uh, of the life where you know it's not coming in train do your workout do anything you want and then you have your rest of the day to do what you need to do or what you want to do now in this work you know obviously the things come in waves sometimes you have in things in the morning then it comes later in the afternoon is more unpredictable so sometimes you don't have time to go and exercise but then you need to have the discipline to to find the time and when you have it to do it and i think that's probably the hardest part which luckily i i have this good self discipline when even when i don't want to i know that i want to do the right thing and i do it and unfortunately for me sometimes it meant that i went for a run at 11 pm and you know is it the best time to run no it's dark it's cold and you know and then you come at midnight and you lie in the back and in the bed and then you are tired or or you're like you know, wide awake from being from a still, run still yeah. going so before you come down and sleep you know it's it's not ideal but at the same time i don't you know i would i feel still happier to do that than than if i miss the day with uh, with not doing anything and i think i have days where i know i have to rest when my body tells me okay enough give me a break today i, I don't want to do and i need to have a break so they, I, i do that in terms of physical activity but i still try to keep my discipline and 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 uh, and put the work in mm-hmm. even the even though when sometimes i feel like i don't really want to do it but i just do it because i know fitter i feel happier i am and uh, that's probably the best way to to start your day when you wake up and you know okay another day and you feel you feel good Sporting Life prides itself on being ahead of the rest by providing unrivaled analysis, opinion, debate and statistics for the sports you love. Follow Sporting Life for the best previews, stats and live horse racing and football score services. Visit sportinglife.com or download the free app for Apple and Android devices. Are you somebody then that doesn't like to waste time and likes to fill their day and if so how do you deal with patience or frustration around that and i suppose as part of that can you recognize when you need to rest is that something you've learned over time to listen to yourself and your body well i think the biggest um the biggest uh, learning process for me in terms of listening to body was after my head injury because that was the key for my whole recovery was to listen to the body and nobody could program anything for me because i had days where i could do things for hour there were days i could do things for 5 minutes and then i had to go to sleep because i just couldn't function my brain had enough so and it was not that the doctor could measure it you can't measure it it's about the feeling so i knew exactly what what my how my body felt like and what i could and i couldn't do and i was lucky that uh, people recognized that i have this um, inner recognition of what i need to do and um so they the, the doctor gave me the you know the trust and the confidence he had the confidence in me that i'm not going to do something uh, which i was supposed not to do and um and basically all my recovery was about okay i can do more let's do more i can't do anything let's stop and and this was this was where i really paid attention to uh, this the finest details in terms of my fitness and how my body felt and if i needed to rest and if i if i needed to do something more which obviously equipped me for the for after when you know when i was fully fit and i restarted playing then i know exactly what what how my body feels and i really pay attention to that so when i have a day where i feel okay yes this would be too much and i don't want to mm. i don't want to you know do too much i rest but i at the same time I know that sometimes I'm tired because I haven't done enough in terms of to you know to keep the routine and and any work so you know there's a little bit of a difference when you feel like tired from doing too much 
or too little and and suddenly you know i i recognize the difference so sometimes you know i push myself to say no 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 you can't do that let's let's do it because it will be better but i'm i'm one of those people who hates to lose a minute and and especially as i said you know after the head injury where everything happens in a in a split second you suddenly realize that nothing is endless that nothing lasts forever and then you never know what comes the next day so you should live in my opinion you should live every day as as it is is your last one to enjoy to do and to take uh, most out of it so i as i say you know if i have 10 minutes to do something i do it i just don't sit about and and watch out of window doing nothing i just can't <laughs> do that maybe it's a maybe it's a default maybe it's not right because you know maybe i don't have that ability just to sit for 2 hours and do nothing and enjoy the quiet moment I might occasionally do it, but my my day is minute by minute, literally until midnight. I just don't waste any time. So it's true that I have a lot of uh, interests and 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 to fit all this in one one day, some it really requires to have a <laughs> to self discipline and really do things where you know when you have a spare half an hour, I do my. Uh, drumming practice for example because i know okay i can't fit it any other moment okay i have 20 minutes i do it so i try to do everything i can and and, and not, not wasting not wasting time and and this is what uh, sort of keeps me uh, happy and and uh, my energy up and 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 i feel like i'm i'm living my life rather than uh sitting my life and this is this is uh, a <laughs> wasting time it's something i just can't you know i'm literally every minute i i move i do something just because this is the way i am but is right or wrong i don't know but uh it's it's definitely right for me so something like this it's actually not not um it's helpful sometimes where you know because it the self discipline kind of pushes you to do things regardless how you feel but sometimes you know when you are restricted in what you can do mm. you sort of feel like you're missing on something constantly have that feeling of oh, oh i should i should maybe not i don't know mm. but uh, but i have to say um after a couple of months in my new role i found my rhythm and, and you know mm. suddenly you get used to the the work used to the pro, uh, the routine used to the day and and suddenly you know i i found myself in here and i can work my time around it and i'm i'm happy with that so it's much easier when you regain a bit of a control over what's happening as we talked about and because having the uncertainty or or not feeling not in control it probably gives you the most uh, anxiety or stress because you constantly sit and i think this was the issue probably, probably with the pandemic mm. for everyone that we have zero control yeah there is a complete uh, uncertainty about what lives will be after what is now in present will i still have a job will we still play next game you know is so many different things mm. will i be able to travel next year to even see the family which i hadn't seen for a year and a half i think every human being had the same issue yeah. and um and to find the coping ma- um manual for that it it's unfortunately it's not one thing fits all because everybody's individual so i think the different personalities need a different approach and deal deal with things different way i'm i'm lucky that through my football career i faced so many situations which prepares you for that because the football is a it's very random game where things can change every minute you change the manager suddenly from playing you out and there are so many different things you 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 can't control either but i i learn how to ignore that and to my advantage is that i don't pay attention to things i cannot control and i have no and i have no power to influence so i just accept it and go with it but don't really spend time with it which is probably the best skill for the pandemic is to don't deal if if next week the prime minister says it's all over no just go and do a day by day and when it's finished it's finished i try to do most of every situation and then of course i will be happy when things come back to normal but at the same time i don't get too stressed about if it lasts another 2 weeks or 3 weeks or months 
which kind of relieved a bit of a pressure and anxiety over me. And as I said at the beginning, I recognize as well that uh, that we in football, we were privileged and lucky mm. to have the game going on. That, you know, you go to work, you prepare, and everybody will tell you, yes, it's sad to play football without fans, empty stadiums, different rules, mm. different emotion, but, but you can still do it. And it mm. still brings this emotion and happiness to millions of people watching. Yeah. So... You know, we were lucky. I was lucky that I go to my office. I get to see very limited number of people, but still is a number of people. It's not three, four, or five. It's more. So, yeah, I recognize that it's been it's, it's been easier for for us probably to cope with the pandemic because the part of our life where it was exactly the same. But I, I still think that um, you know, recognizing that you know, stressing out with things you cannot control or you have zero influence over mm-hmm. it's not necessary and and, and I, I believe that my advantage is that that uh, you know i learned to do that during my career and it helped me a lot during the pandemic yeah because there's so much uncertainty and what you said about control it's something that it comes up so much it's like control what you can control there's always things out of your control so don't focus like you said on the prime minister focus on what you can control in your own surroundings and i think there's so much synergy between this pandemic in a very different way to when you said about your head injury which the majority of people can remember in 2006 against reading because your the control was taken away from you and you know, it was, it was about, you know, your, everything else around you was taken away and it was about your immediate health and just whether you're going to be okay. And then it must've gone to, well, okay, I'm okay, but can I actually play football? And then can I actually play football to a professional level? One of the things I want to ask you, and it's, it's completely different. We had very different experiences. Those listening probably will know my experience where you were, you were in an induced coma. Um, I was in a coma four years ago. And one of the things I really struggle with is because I'm a similar personality to you. Um, and that's why I struggle with the pandemic is I like to be in control. I like to use every minute of my time. I'm really active. I hate being at home. Like I I'm kind of one of those people. And when, um, I was, when I came out of hospital, I struggled mentally a lot because I'm so used to being able to do things. I'm so used to being able to use my physicality. You know, I train a lot, not a professional athlete, but I do marathons and endurance runs. And, you know, I couldn't even walk. And I, I found that very, very, very difficult due to frustration and felt like I kind of couldn't find my identity. Like, who am I? And I wondered with yourself, how did you get through those hard periods? Because I know, again, I'm not comparing our experiences, but I know that that feeling when everything's taken away from you and you're not sure whether you're going to be the same person again. How did you cope with those times? Because I can imagine it wasn't all like, oh, I'm just going to take one day at a time. And and even though that's that's exactly how it should be, it's always it's not always that easy. No, you know, you always um, you always reach a point where the frustration just overcome everything because you know you try hard and and suddenly things you were you know, sometimes you have things you don't even think about because they just go, okay, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And suddenly you can't. So then you, then the frustration of, oh, I, I need to do that again, or I, I can't do this. And you are, you know, that things you are easily used to do. You know, you speak every day. I, I had spoken every day mm-hmm. and I never had any issue speaking. And suddenly I was talking to people and they couldn't understand me. And one reason was <laughs> that, you know, the, the words which are phonetically similar and sound similar, I was mixing them up. So if you want to tell someone that the phone is on the table and then you say the cone is on the cable, <laughs> then obviously in your mind you are saying phone is on the table and, and the person next to you is telling you where, what, what, then, and then you get frustrated from that and you don't realize. So they were things, you know, which, which obviously give you a, a feeling of, ooh, what's going on? You know, why, why they don't understand me or why this is happening? Then you, you walk uh, with the dog and after 10 minutes you suddenly realize you have to go home. Yeah. And I used to run and train and then suddenly I couldn't. So yeah, it's frustrating. But at the same time, I I try to do things and concentrate on each step at the time because I understand the certain things uh, 
you only achieve by following the exact pattern of the steps. Like a computer always gets the right results because it just keeps following the same formula, step by step, task by task, and 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 each step leads to another step. And then once you manage to do that, then you can complete the task. So I switched everything to that. And of, of course, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, okay, that might be it. So what are you going to do if uh, the cutter is finished? What are you going to do if, you know, you can't uh, do certain things? So in the back of my mind, I was preparing myself for, for the worst. But doing everything every minute to give myself a chance. Yeah. That I think the worst, worst feeling is that if you have any regrets, I learned, I learned uh, during the, you know, the football career as well that you can, you can live with, um, with failures, you can live with defeats, you can live with that when you've done everything which was in your power to prepare and then things went wrong because we are only human beings. Sometimes you have a absolutely brilliant three days. You do exactly what you have to. You come oh, at school, you prepare, you do everything. You come to the exam and it's a disaster. It's the same with football. You prepare three days, you come on the pitch and it's a disaster. So when that happened, of course, you're not happy. You, you, you feel you feel the, the disappointment and everything. But when when I knew that I had done everything what was in my power to prepare, then I was just saying, yeah, that's life. This is how it is. And, and this is what I wanted to do with the head injury, that every day I tried to, you know, I tried to do anything I could the best possible way that if everything went wrong and I never returned to the page, that I could look back and say, well, you give yourself the best possible chance. It wasn't to be, we move on, we do something else. Is it a hard thing? Yes, it's easier said than done. But when you when you really put the energy and everything in each little step, trying to make sure that what you do actually give yourself the best chance, then and then I think you can you know you sort of have the frustration, but you can you can be happy with little things. So you put uh, when you put like a big task, and you might get easily frustrated when things are not really going fast or, or you don't feel you're going there. But if you put really small, tiny steps towards the goal and each little step, you sort of go, yes, that's a good thing. I managed and I can do next one and I can do next one. If you look at this this way, then it's true that you know it helps. It makes you feel like you're making progress. And I was making notes in my calendar because I had days which were very bad and I had days where were where really good. And after a while, you just feel there is no progress, that you just you know step on the same spot and it's not really moving because your perception is completely different. But once I started putting the the notes in the calendar saying, okay, good day, bad day, you suddenly look at the calendar and you go, oh, okay. In your head, it feels like maybe a couple of last days was not good. So you feel like a whole month was bad. And then you go, it's going nowhere. But then you look at the calendar and you suddenly see, oh, I have many more better days than bad days than last month. And you suddenly go, hold on a minute, or, let, or last week or whatever it is. And then you go like, oh, hold on a minute, I'm actually getting much better because I have better days and more days. And it goes like that. And then you suddenly realize better games days and then good days are happening more and more and more and more. And then, you know, then it gives you the confidence and, and, and it gives you a different perspective as well. Yeah. So that was one thing which, which, uh, which helped me to deal with the, with the frustration of when you make two steps forward and then you make one backward. But uh, but that was what what it was, and and I, as I said, you know, trying to make these little tiny steps, uh, each one without skipping, that was my that was my focus, and and uh, it it worked for me. And as I said, you know, these kind of things are very individual, and there is many ways how you can achieve it. But obviously, different personalities needs a different approach, and different things work for different people. And I know what worked for me, and what I would recommend to people. But they might it might not be their way of doing things. So, you know, I think trying to in this situation, trying to find people around and listen and talk to people around what what they are saying, 
it's it's important and i think the biggest help for me is is when you when you have an opportunity to speak to someone who had the same experience yeah who was in your position where you were and then suddenly say oh don't worry about it this is completely normal when i had it i had that many times but then it all went and initially became better so don't worry about it this is not something to worry you know unfortunately lucky, luckily but unfortunately at the same time i didn't have anybody i could talk to in, in with the similar problem so i had to figure it out myself but that's why i'm always happy to share my experience and and i contacted Ryan Mason when he had this problem i uh, contacted Raul Jimenez when he had this problem because i believe that sharing the experience it's you know you kind of give a bit of a reassurance and and bit of a bit bit of energy to to the person who lives and is in that bad moment it might give them you know it might the sharing the experience might might always gives a little bit of a help to not not to not to have too much anxiety about what uh, what will happen i think it 100% does and that's exactly why i do this podcast because i think whether it's you know yours was obviously a head injury on the pitch but it doesn't matter because it's about that same feeling you know you talked about Ryan Mason and Raul Jimenez but even sometimes when i talk about things i think no matter what it's if you're going through that struggle it's a way to help because it was interesting listening to you because um for me i put so much expectation on myself where i was measuring myself to exactly what i was before and um, which i am now but at that time you know i've just been critically ill and then i'm expecting that i can do all these things and i think what i did was reframe it and and do the same as you in a way where i was like oh i am actually i am actually moving forward but not measuring myself on when I was absolutely fine um, before. So what do you think is the most important thing you've you've learned or you've grown through that period yourself? Is there anything particular? I think it's really you need to listen. You need to find a way to listen to your body. And as well, I think the, the biggest, uh, the biggest um, impact is the, the recognition of that nothing lasts forever. Mm that don't assume that you are good today that you will be you know wake up in the morning and everything will be that great because you never know anything can happen at any second that's why i think since then i really try to make sure that i live every minute of my of my life the best possible way that i don't waste it and then i feel i feel happy and i feel that i'm actually living the life rather than surviving one week or, or taking or taking Oh no, you know, I can I can have three days in the bed. Well, it's fine, but but then you know the purpose of uh, of taking you know if if you had three hundred year life, yeah, maybe yeah. take take more time. I, sometimes I would need that. I think I sometimes I would for all the things I would love to do, I would probably need ten ten day a week, but it's not. So I try to use every minute and. And it's true. Sometimes it's uh, it's tiring, yes. Sometimes, but uh, but I feel happier like that. I think people should always find ways to not to be afraid and take on challenges. And actually, you know, for me, every problem has a solution. Yeah, unless you reach some real problem which has no solution, but might be there might be always a solution. And I'm and you know, there is a the way you look at this. You know, some people if you put a if you put the, if you take a glass and and you put uh, uh, you put water in it in a, just kind of halfway, you can say that the bottle is half empty or half full. Yeah. So it depends which way is. If you are the positive person, you say, "Oh, it's half full." Yeah? And if you, if you are the negative one, you say it's half empty because you just see it the the different way. But I have to say that um, I'm I'm kind of a person who believes that for every problem there is a solution. Mm. and for every and every problem becomes a challenge so i take it as a challenge you tell me it's impossible to do that i will show you it's possible to do that because i believe that is always a way to do things and the same is the with the with the dreams i think people sometimes have a lot of dreams but never find the day to say you know what i would love to do that and my dream was this oh yeah but now i'm, I'm too old i'm this and i'm that and there is millions of ways not maybe to say, well, maybe too much work, whatever. You know, when I have a dream or if I feel, oh, I want to do something, I don't worry about if it if I try and fail or whatever happens with it. But just I just give it my, my best shot to say, 
Do I want to do that? Yes. I, I wanted to play ice hockey game, professional ice hockey game, because as a kid, that was my dream. I retired age 38 and and everybody tells you, ah, oh, you way too, you know, it's way too late for that. But then I trade every day. I know I had a I I have a I have a synthetic ice in my garage where I skated every night just to make sure that I can catch, you know, catch the 20 years I couldn't do that. And I used to do this on in, in my spare time just because I knew that without without doing it. I will not be able to go on that on that uh, ice and and even you know do anything in that in that go. I wouldn't catch the puck, but I did. So I did it because I knew that that is a way of trying, and and that was my dream, and I wanted to do it. The same was with my drumming. My when I started drumming, my my dream was to play a gig like a pro- proper gig. When last year I played a sold out O2 Arena as a guest with the, with one of the legendary musician in Prague, then you suddenly realize. Well, are you realizing that you are playing sold out all to arena with unbelievable musicians all surrounding you around on the stage and and full house? You know, that's that's something where, it, you know, it looks like foolish and feels like, you know, when you say it, you say, oh, one day I would love to experience that. Then you think, oh, no, forget it. People tell you, oh, forget it. No chance. No chance. Too late. You started too late. You've done this. There's always a way. Mm-hmm. And I think this is this is something I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of failures. I just give it the best shot. And as I said, you know, you take it. You know, my 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 job as well is a lot of responsibility and and completely unknown. And you know that it can either go well or it can go wrong, and you can make mistakes. And you you know it's going to be completely different to um, to what I I experienced. But uh, if you never if you never try you never know you know you if you never take on something you you might you might never get uh, uh, awarded by uh, achieving something so you have to you know at some point you have to do things which you believe you want to do and you have to try and if it goes wrong goes wrong who cares but uh, but at least you know when you when you're 90 and and you're or in the moment where you realize that okay I can't do things anymore um, you sit back you look back and you think you know, I gave it the best chance. I'm actually happy and you have no regrets. So I try to do things that I end up with no regrets. But of course, sometimes, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work the best way, but, uh, but that's the way it is. And I, I, and I'm perfectly happy that nobody's perfect. Nothing's perfect. You know, people make mistakes or, or sometimes the, the circumstances doesn't allow you to do certain things. And, and then you have to, then you have to do something else. But, uh, but I think it's always worth to to try to chase your dream or, or what you want to do. Just you know, try to do it. That 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 you feel good about it. Not uh, not thinking hmm, you know. Thirty years ago, I I wanted to try that, and mm-hmm. and now it's too late. I think that's the that's not something uh, which which you know makes you feel uh, good. So I try to avoid that. <laughs> I feel like I just want to jump off my chair and be like, yes, and because I think society can limit limit us so much into this, like, well, well, he's a footballer. How could he possibly be a drummer on a stage or she's a this? So how could you possibly do that? Which I think we, you know, those limitations can sometimes make us feel that that's all we should be in that box. And you said just then about there's something new part of your job now and you kind of want to pass down. And um, I was speaking to Eric Dyer at the very first um, episode of this new season on My Sporting Mind. And he was saying that, um, Josie Mourinho is one of the strongest mentally that he's worked with. And I know obviously you worked with him as well. What aspects, is there any aspects out of him or or other managers or other kind of role models that you then take to then, because now you're in a, you're in a position where you're now becoming that person where you pass it down. I think you always, um, you know, you, you shape people by, you know, putting them in certain environments. And I think, you know, when I when I joined Chelsea, I think Jose was the big big part of the success because of his mindset. For him, the winning was all it mattered, and every game, and he just wanted to you know go and, and do the best and win. And and if you can do it again, win. Find a way to win. That was it. And I think with Jose, the first uh, first year when I arrived, or for a couple of years, we had that. We won the first title, and it was not the end of the journey. It was yeah. You win, okay. You win again. Let's go and win again. Eyes ah, and and it becomes a part of the culture. And I think this is the part of the Chelsea Football Club now that 
you literally, you know, you are here to win. It's one of the values of the club as well, here to win, because this is ultimately why you're doing it for. Yes, you, you want to do it the right way. You want to do it um, the way that you feel is right and and um, and you feel proud about it. But initially, the, the main goal is you want to make sure that at the end of the day, you win. So in terms of that, what for you, what's the most important part of leadership and learning? Um, because from what I gather, you're kind of like connecting at the moment and making sure that communication must be really key and the things aren't done in silos, which are, must be really important in in football and actually your role on the pitch because as a goalkeeper, I suppose you're kind of isolated at points. I think um, in terms of the the... the sort of feeling mentally prepared and everybody, as I said, is different. I think being open and actually accepting and being brave to come out and say, I have an issue. Is there any way how I can find a better way to deal with it? And for people around it to accept it, I think it becomes more a known part of the part of the strength rather than weakness. And I think that the the issue at the moment I, I see in all that is is that uh, we carry this from the from the history, and sometimes you want to make things better in the future, or in the present. You need to learn about what happened in the past, mm-hmm. and I think this is um, this is for everyone to under. And once you understand that, once you understand where certain things come from and and why certain people do certain things certain way, it comes through that uh, education, and then from the and as well from the environments where you are in. So. You know, when when the older generation or the generation who is probably one generation above me, my generation still, you know, the if you had if you showed any mental weakness or had anxiety of not, you know, you 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 were regarded as weak. Yeah. So basically, you don't cry, you don't complain, you get on things, no matter how bad you feel, you just shut your mouth and you go through it. You if you need to run through the wall, you run through the wall. Because if you don't do that, people might look, see and uh, look at you thinking, oh, this player is not strong enough. Let's not play him. We want to have winners. We want to have these warriors, which are indestructible, and they have this and they have that. So basically, that that was how, you know, first thing you go, oh, I can't tell, I can't tell my coach I feel nervous. I can't tell my coach that I have these issues when there is too many people watching me or, or whatever it is. Because simply you you know you would not have the confidence to say well if I say it yeah in that past you would be regarded like okay don't play the play we want to win and you don't want to have a guy who is nervous yeah. so I think this is the problem the the modern uh, the the modern football has that people now finally get to the stage where they have the confidence in the environment to come out and say. Well, actually, I have a huge anxiety. It's killing my career because every time I go on the pitch and there is too many people, I don't know what to do. And, you know, once you relieve that stress and, and people try to find you the way to deal with it, it comes. But I think we have to still understand that once there is not a shift of uh, any, who, whoever has a, a, any issue is actually weak and is not suitable for a professional sport. If we don't reach that point because it's not, it's not really true, because you can find a way to help these people to perform at the highest level anyway. Mm. Um, and they have the talent, they have this, and because they have a little bit of an issue, it doesn't mean that you, you cannot overcome it and find a way to deal with it. But I think this is generally the, the whole generation uh, mm, issue still now, yeah. that people think that being open about it, it's not, it's not the moment to say, because they might feel that it will be used against them rather than, mm. okay, we need you, we like you, we know what you can do, and we need you at your best, so we're going to help you with this. Mm. So I think there is still room in improvement in professional sport, which we carry from the past. And and you see now more and more people working with sport psychologists and working with, you know, even having this uh, conversation about if you have any issues, just tell. Because if yeah. you tell, we can fix. If you don't tell, then obviously you will be you will be um, you'll be suffering in silence and this is not what you want because then you carry that again and again and again and it doesn't it does not help so i think i think that um, the key from that is to be open just to say well i feel about things like that and i think and i think that's important anywhere you know working environment sport 
even even at home sometimes you need to you know get things out to say you know i'm not comfortable because this is happening and and what do you think because once you get once you get more knowledge or once you get more um, education then you get ideas how to deal with situations and i was lucky that i was always really um attached or to psychology i love psychology i i like i like you know i i'm it's fascinating sometimes to to understand what what the human body does and what the brain does what people do different differences and and of course in the in the high profile uh, premier league uh, club which is one of the best in the world which i've been for many years the expectations are huge mm-hmm. every day and i came in the in the in in the league and i destroyed every every record for my first season so basically you put the the bar <laughs> so high that the expectation then Even becomes more. really you know everybody thinks oh this guy oh well, he considered a goal how come how come this guy considered a goal yeah. and you you kind of feel like well i considered a goal because that guy hit the top corner and then suddenly you suddenly go oh should be saved that is it so so the, the things in you know, accumulation of things then become uh, the way that you need to find a way to deal with it and because i was really studying and i was really looking at how you can deal with certain things i learned so many things sometimes by accident sometimes just because i was uh, conscious about it but that part helped me to overcome many issues and but i understand that not everybody is like that not everybody has the confidence to to do things and take risks on their own so they need to you need to you need to find a way to to have environments where people are comfortable talking about issues if they are you know if i feel i'm not right come tell we help you rather than Oh no! Just get you know. Don't don't play him. He's not in the right uh, frame of mind. Which, which I don't think is uh, it's a correct uh, way. But it's been you know for a couple last years. That's was you know you were regarded like that as a player. If you if you admitted to some issue, then you would probably you yeah. fear that the manager doesn't play you. Which luckily now we moved on, and uh, this new way of dealing with the whole situation and people coming out and you know speaking up about it. This is for me the most important because maybe the next generation will benefit it from yeah. will benefit from it the most because people will be more open to it and actually there will be more things in place to to help everyone. Yeah, like you said, it's definitely from the past and it's a learned behavior. Um, I think it's a learned behavior that all of us can listen to because it was what we were modeled as when we were growing up and definitely so I think still for our generation. Um, what was it then that, made you be more open then was it modeled to you when you were younger or something you discovered no i think you know i had them um, when i was about 12 i have a huge anxiety about considering a goal so every game i went to the game and i could feel you know shaking and i was feeling like Ooh, what if i consider goal because for me considering goal was the ultimate failure as a goalkeeper so so you know that really stressed me out when you are 12 then you think like what should i do what should i do yeah so what that two things you know i realized that if i train the best possible way and i feel prepared i'm confident so you cannot tell people oh you have to be self confident it doesn't work like that it comes from the work so yes. the preparation for me is the key you prepare you do everything you can and once you are you know you know that the whole week you did perfect uh, everything you could to be 100% prepared then you go to the game and you have no fear you know you go there and you feel but when you are 12 year old you sometimes don't think about it like this and and you know and it stressed me out so then i realized that the moment the first goal went in it completely relieved all my stress because i'm like okay now it's done it's done now i can get on with the game <laughs> so basically at that year i i sort of started thinking about what can be done so i went to the game losing 1-0 in my head i was saying okay it's already 1-0 they are winning you don't have to worry the goal is in and then relax <laughs> but then you know then you suddenly realize you know i want to be winning i don't want to feel i'm losing already 1-0 so basically i i came up with the concept when i was 13 which was probably close to 14 i um in my head in every second of the game the score was 0-0 so I, I during my whole career, I kept that concept. So basically, in any single game I played in my life, I ignored the score. I, I never look at the score. 
because it it kept me just with the focus on what I have to do every second. So that was my thing. Do every single moment what you have to do. Delete these little tiny steps. Each task has steps and you you and you go all over again, the same steps all over again, which is good because it gives you a feedback as well. When something goes wrong, you you know exactly on which step it go it went wrong. So you can sort of learn from it. And as well, I you know, we missed the penalty. It's not my problem. That's not my job. So I ignored all these things, the referees, and but the score was the main thing because it guaranteed that I will play exactly the same game if I'm winning 5-0 or if I'm losing 5-0. And I kept that all, all entire. And when I played ice hockey game, exactly the same thing. When I play tennis, I do exactly the same thing. I don't care about the score. I just go each point, each step, and I try to do the best because I know that without it, I will not I will not win the point anyway. I will not win the game. I will not make a save. I will not make the pass. And so I just concentrate on that. And it literally took so much pressure off <laughs> of me during the games where where you know I was literally like a you know very even emotion even during 90 minutes, no matter how big the game is. Or and and it's true that I played preseason friendlies behind closed doors where there was nobody, and I played 90,000 stadiums and i played exactly the same way because my concept in the head is exactly the same way and actually there's no difference and and this is something which you know i came up with for myself nobody told me no nobody taught mm. me i've you know this is something i came up with myself which worked and probably with more knowledge of um, you know how to deal with certain situation it mm. became even better but it's true that uh, it's it's been probably the key for me to be consistent over so many years, and and it's true that nowadays in, in modern sport people try to use similar ways for the yeah. for the athletes that they they know what to do, how to deal with pressure, how to prepare, how to be consistent. How so? I think that's the way forward because the expectations are high now with the with all the pressure from the social media. Which comes up uh, together with it because you know one if you are some if you are an individual who likes really to watch what people think of you then of course it might play a big part so these are all little things which probably will be important yeah. in the in the future but um, I I believe that uh, you know the, the the world now in general in 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 professional sport try to make sure that the players are looked after in every single aspect not only physical but and in, in terms of the mental health which is obviously the biggest mm. uh, step forward mm. yeah it's almost like taking the distraction and the emotion out of it when you were talking it really reminded me of um one football when you take a penalty because we see so much that it's not about the skill there it's about whether they can cope with the emotion or the distraction and also in rugby I've heard this a lot in terms of when scoring a try where if you just go through the motions no matter whether you're training or scoring a try in the world cup final or something um it's no different because you're not you're not implementing what if what if into it um so it's so fascinating and there's so much I mean I feel like I should wrap up now because I've been talking to you for a long time um but it's so intriguing getting into your brain and so much learning so I suppose my final question even though we've covered so much is just what would your message be to anybody who is struggling at the moment and but there's so much that we can take out of this conversation already well I think it's it's really to be you know for me to to admit to uh, that you you need you need help or admit that you you would like someone to give an opinion and 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 sort of advice mm. for me is not the weakness for me it's a strength because you are conscious about that you reach your own limit and then probably you know it's wiser to use someone else's experience to to help so i think people should be open and actually find their inner strengths to say yes I don't feel well. Yes, I'm struggling with this. Yes, is there any way you can you can offload a bit of a pressure, or is there any way people you know I can deal with that better? Because that will obviously obviously help, and and uh, and as well you know it's as well for the environment to or for the society as well to 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 respect that that certain people have different issues, and and rather than look at them over every week is to say, okay, there is a way to help. And mm. then, and I think that's, for example, I think the message 
if if we really needed to have one message, would be really be open and actually try to share the the struggle if if there is one, and try to find someone who will give you the better advice to to deal with it. Because uh, you know we always say there's a Czech saying saying that uh, more heads, more knowledge, or more brains, more knowledge. Mm-hmm. If we take it like that, it's true that if you have a team of people thinking about something or one individual, obviously more people will probably come with better idea and more ideas than than just one. So if you if you struggle in silence on your own and you don't know anymore what to do, then obviously if you speak to more people, they might come up with much better solution than than you, and it might help. So you know this is probably the the, the best uh, the best way to be brave enough to admit if you if you don't feel well. Mm-hmm. And I think quite often when you speak out about how you're feeling, you'd be surprised how many people actually feel the same and which I think makes you feel like you're not so isolated in what's going on with you. Thank you so much, Petra. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for everyone listening. You can catch up with any episodes you've missed on Apple or Spotify. We've had footballers such as Eric Dyer, Adam Lana, Ben Foster, Sam Hutchinson, and loads more. And remember to visit sportinglife.com ahead of the rest with 160 years of sporting knowledge and integrity. And if you are really struggling, you can reach out for help. As Petter said, it just takes one phone call. There's charities such as mine, the Samaritans, and Sport in Mind are always there to help. People do understand and care. Uh, you can also text SHOUT to 85258 if you don't want to talk on the phone take care thanks so much for listening and we'll speak again soon 